the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're going to be talking about the secrets of an airport security screener. (laughs) And let me tell you, some of them are hot. It's everything you need to know if you've been thinking of taking a trip, but you're dreading the stress, uh, particularly going through those airport security lines, having to take off your shoes, having to be poked and prodded in all your private parts. Well, <laughs> today's guest will help you so that uh, this experience can be as uh, stress-free as possible under the circumstances. She is Natalia Ippolito. And she is the author of I Might As Well Be Naked, How to Survive Airport Screening with Your Clothes On. And before I get to my guest, um, and obviously this is something that we're all confronting, more of us every day are flying, so more of us are having to confront these issues. But before we start uh, talking about that directly, I want to point out how um, it's so fascinating and it's such a hard job that uh, Transportation Security Administration officers, such as my guest uh, was, um, have on a day-to-day basis because we are in such denial of terrorism, even though, you know, especially these days you listen to the radio, I mean, it gets worse and worse, you listen to the radio and one story after another is about terrorism and how it's uh, going to be just a matter of time and the time keeps getting shorter as to when it's going to be hitting our shores. But we still walk around, um, we are desensitized to this because we are hearing more and more stories about it, and we go into denial. And what's fascinating is the one place that breaks through our denial that we haven't become desensitized to because it does uh, touch us literally, uh, so personally, and that is at airport security checkpoints. And it's really kind of amazing if you watch people and, and look at your own reactions as well. It's like, oh, yeah, there's terrorism. We have to do this. We have to go through these hassles of airport security, and we all get sort of grumpy about it. And uh, and we take our anger out at the TSA uh, officers there because, you know, it's as though they are the terrorists. They're the ones who are making us uncomfortable. And it's the, the checkpoint of our mind, in a sense, about terrorism. It's like, oh, yeah. And it's just amazing how we manage to stick our head in the sands um, at all other times until we're personally disturbed by what we have to do uh, in order to confront uh, and because of terrorism. And so with that sort of introduction, I'd like to uh, introduce my guest again, Natalia Ippolito. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Dr. Carroll. Thank you. Well, why don't we talk first about your experiences at, well, actually, even before we get to your experiences as as a TSA 
uh, officer, which led into your writing the book, um, what made you want to be a TSA officer to begin with? <laughs> I was living on the island of Kauai, Hawaii, and it's, a, it's about 60,000 uh, in population. And um, my husband and I both uh, needed to supplement our income because we were writing a film script at the time that had to do with Hawaiian culture. And I could not, uh, I could not find a job. All the jobs were actually um, being held for all the locals, and that's kind of like the underlying, uh, you know, the underlying stipulation there is that they hold all their all their uh, good paying and high paying jobs because really there's really not a lot of high paying jobs on Kauai, but the ones that that are there are actually um, being held, you know, by 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 locals. So I felt that maybe if I could go to, you know, the um, federal government, I wouldn't have a problem with discrimination. <laughs> and I hate to use that word, but I, yeah. I feel that I was being discriminated against, as well as my, hub- my, as well as my husband. We're both very educated people, and we both went to about 15 different interviews, and each time um, a, a local person got the position. Hmm. So unfortunately, that's the way that that happened. <laughs> okay. And so you wound up uh, getting. I mean, obviously, the one one of the benefits is that it did open a whole bunch of jobs for um, for a lot of people. I mean, that, and I guess because of the high turnover too. Absolutely, um, TSA has one of the highest uh, turnover rates, and actually also injury rates in the federal government system. And even I was injured um, on the job. I worked there from 2004 to 2005. And uh, certainly a lot of screeners were getting injured, and there was really not a lot to uh, rectify the situation. There was a safety hazard, and I was injured, and I, I mentioned it, uh, you know, to the safety, uh, safety executive manager with TSA, and it took, it took months. I actually, it didn't even change until after I, after I quit and, and left TSA. Then they made the change. So. And, and when you say people get injured, primarily how? Well, basically, um, two two million people fly a day, and um, you know, I just want to give you some statistics yeah. to kind of give you an overall. We have four hundred and fifty-two airports. Two uh, two million people fly a day. Uh, that's seven hundred and thirty million a year. And by uh, Dr. Carroll, by the year of two thousand and fifteen, it's going to jump up to one billion passengers uh, flying in one year. Uh, I was a dual function screener, so I was trained for not only the baggage area uh, where I would lift, I would calculate anywhere from 10,000 to 20,000 pounds lifting baggage uh, a day. And so definitely my first tip is don't overpack your bags. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how you get injured if you don't, you know, if you don't lift the bags properly. Uh, you know, you're lifting from the ground up and it's 70 plus more pounds. Certainly it's, it's, it's a very difficult job and, and uh it was uh that's how you can certainly be injured mhm mhm well okay so why what made you um so you were working there for what like about a year a year and a half about a year right okay and um what made you write this book well working on the front lines against terrorism uh, i saw a lot of pain and a lot of frustrations from the passengers i have literally screened thousands of passengers and thousands of pieces of luggage and, uh, you know, the information, people were just not on the same page and they weren't getting it, and they were struggling. They were causing undue stress. Um, for instance, Dr. Carroll, on my first day, there was a family of five, and it was a husband and wife, two, two small children, and a baby. And the husband was so stressed out, and he was so concentrated on trying to get the bags on the belt and getting the kids through first, 
that it didn't dawn on him that when he put his kids through first, they're on the other side unattended. Hmm. Now he went through, he alarmed. He alarmed twice uh. and ended up in secondary screening. Now, all the while, he's now in secondary screening yelling back at his wife, and she's doing a uh, teetering act, you know, she's a balancing act, trying to balance the baby, getting the, to, you know, trying to collapse the stroller, putting that on the x-ray machine, and taking off her shoes and taking off her sweater. So she's unattended. No one's there to help her. So I saw this, and I went, wow, you know, it's a, it, this is amazing because they're yelling back and forth at each other, and, you know, they're... <laughs> They're yelling, uh, the, the husband was, was literally upset, and he, his face was red because he was caught, and the kids are running around. So, you know, you really want to pay attention of not only what, you know, where you pack your items and how you pack, but how you move through the security system. So what would have been the best, so what would have been the better way to do, for them to have done that? Well, Dr. Carroll, what you want to do is you want to, first of all, you want to keep control of your children. You want to keep them in between the two parents if there's two parents. Uh, you want to go through, one parent to go through the walk-through metal detector first, and then following each child, and then mom and the baby with mom holding the baby. Now, of course, before this, all of this happens, you know, I, I really want to stress to the parents that they need to help each other out. They need to, you know, the, the the father should have held the baby, allowed the mother to collapse the stroller, take off her shoes, her sweater, and vice versa, hand the baby back, you know, help the children take off their shoes. And certainly you do not want to dress your children in overalls. Overalls um, definitely alarms the walk-through mm. metal detector, and you're automatically putting your child through secondary screening huh. because there is no resolution for primary screening for overalls because of the metal content. And also, you know, dress your kids in slip-on shoes because, you know, it's funny yeah. because if you look, if you're standing in a long line of 500 to 1,000 people and everybody in front of you is wearing tennis shoes, they're taking their, they just don't kick off their tennis shoes. They untie them, they mm -hmm. go and they tie them back up on the other side. There's just a lot of wasted time. I yes. mean, it might, you know, really might sound simple, but minutes turn into hours waiting in line. Yes, I always wear Uggs to travel. They're comfortable Uggs, yes. and, and they don't set off any alarms. But, you know, I, I think one of the, what you, the story you were just telling points out one of the problems, which is that, um, People are so mean to each other on the line. You know, yes. they're, they're, they're in such a rush. Now granted, uh, you know, obviously some people are racing for a plane, but, right. um, but you know, a part of the problem, I mean, why people don't stand there and, and carefully plan out who's gonna go first and what you're gonna put in each of the, uh, bins that go through is because you have other people behind you who are so intolerant. And, and, right. you know, I, I believe, as I was saying at the beginning, a lot of this um, comes from anxiety, which comes from suddenly being confronted with terrorism. Oh yes, this exists, and, and this is really inconveniencing me and making such a hassle. And, and but you know, I, th I think one of the things is if we're all um, nicer to each other during yes. this, no less to be nicer to the TSA person or people behind uh, the counter. Um, you know, the process could go so much more smoothly. Absolutely. My first day on the job, I was um, at security checkpoint, and I was being introduced to all of my fellow screeners. And I, I shook the hand of this one gal that, that was there for, for about three or four years. And I was, you know, I was very positive and very upbeat thinking, okay, well, I'm going to make a difference. This is my patriotic duty. This is wonderful. And she says, you know what? 
that smile is going to turn upside down very, very quickly. Just you wait. Within the week, you'll be wanting to leave like everybody else. Hmm. I mean, she had a, you know, she was, she was just very bitter and um, very negative. And a lot of my uh, fellow screeners were that way. And then I started to think to myself, well, geez, what did I get myself into? Because I have a lot of a hospitality background. I'm very upbeat and very passionate and very uh, positive person and i'm you know my my take on screening passengers was you know let's make it convenient for them let's uh let's go ahead and respect the passengers and let's make a difference and i loved being at the walkthrough metal detector because i could look the passenger in the eye smile and say good morning or good evening and call them by their last name you know have a great flight mr and mrs smith uh you know or just make just small talk while they're passing through and I'm screening them. It, you know, that was a wonderful feeling, and I, I believe that the passengers, they appreciated it, too, because they turned back to me and they'd say, you have a great day. Mm-hmm. You know, Dr. Carroll, I think a lot of the, you know, the passenger, a lot of the passengers, you know, their anger comes from fear of change. You know, they, they have um, a lot of uh, new procedures and policies that are, that are being thrown at them. And, you know, a lot of people don't like change, and it's the fear that, that creates the anger. Am I not right? Well, yes. Um, I mean, but yes, whether you want to call it because of terrorism or, or I mean, yes, I, I guess part of the change is that, we're, mm-hmm. that now we're, we're having to do this because of the threat of terrorism. Right. That's and the main terrorism. change. And plus, right. yes, what you're talking about is like all the different changes as far as what you are able to bring on and not able to bring on, and, and we'll be talking more about those. We do need to take a break now. My guest is Natalia Ippolito. She's the author of this new book that everyone should have called I Might As Well Be Naked, How to Survive Airport Screening With Your Clothes On. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Join Patricia Raskin, host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Positive Living, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. The Cherry Douglas Show, with the CEO of Worldwide Music Incorporated and the founder and publisher of Gospel Truth Magazine, Cherry Douglas. By tuning in weekly, you will gain insight, tips, and tools to help get your career started. From how to market yourself to distribution of your product, learn the power of faith-based marketing and much more on The Cherry Douglas Show. Join Cherry each week with guests from the gospel music industry, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors as they discuss faith-based news, events, and trends. The Cherry Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas broadcasts each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and is brought to you by Gospel Truth Magazine and Worldwide Music Incorporated on the Voice America channel. The Carrie Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas, your premier source for faith based entertainment, news, events, and trends. 
Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today with Natalia Ippolito. We're talking about the secrets of an airport security screener, which she was, and uh, she is also the author of a new book from her experiences called I Might As Well Be Naked, How to Survive Airport Screening With Your Clothes On. Before the break, um, we were talking about the low morale um, among airport screeners, and um, I wanted to ask you about how this whether I wanted to ask you about the training that you got to be uh, a TSA screener and um, whether that included anything to boost your morale and also what it included as far as what you were supposed to look for as the passengers were going through besides, you know, the obvious uh, if the bell goes off and all that. Absolutely. Um, low morale is certainly a factor. I know that um, searching for weapons of mass destruction for only $13 an hour is is an issue with uh, <laughs> with a lot of screeners across the nation. Uh, I mean, that's about the average. I was getting 13.98, and that was COLA, cost of living. But uh, talking to uh, some of the screeners down in Orlando, which they're having, of course, they're having a lot of problems with uh, trying to get unionization and, uh, all, you know, just trying to be unified. Um, $13 an hour, pretty average, you know, give or take a couple of dollars here and there, depending on what part of the, you know, what part of the United States you're, you're living in. But um, low morale, certainly, you know, it's funny, and I don't want anybody to try this. Please don't try this. But uh, there was a report that 20 minutes of negative energy or thought um, directed to a guinea pig actually killed the guinea pig. Hmm. So you could imagine two million passengers flying, mm. and if, if they're negative and they're not even being verbal, but just giving you what what we call uh, on Hawaii we call stink eye or the evil eye, and just <laughs> using their facial expressions and just putting out the negative energy and the negative thought. I I actually had to take a shower before even talking to my husband when I got home from the job because mm-hmm. I was covered in tar, black, if you would imagine, black tar, just covering your body. Uh, that is what the energy felt like at the end of an eight-hour work mm-hmm. shift. So if you're coming across uh, screeners that are, that are um, 
that are a little complacent maybe or or unruly or um, you know saying un- inappropriate things it could be psychologically that they've just had enough mm-hmm. um, it's very possible and they can't handle the mental stress that goes along with the job not to mention the physical stress so uh, you know but they're really dr. Carroll there's really no excuse for that you really have to be uh, have uh, you really need to be mentally balanced and they test you for that you go through all kinds of testing there's um, they want you to be balanced before you start, <laughs> right? Absolutely. So that you can handle what what you're going to get. Yes, but absolutely. Do they, but do they uh, teach you anything like meditation or no? No, no meditation. I meditate on my own. I've I've studied yoga for ten years, and that was certainly a tool that I needed to use on a nightly and daily basis uh, to keep my sanity within the workforce. You know, because it's you take it personal because the screeners. Are, are human and they have families and they need to put food on the table and they're only working for $13 an hour but they are trained very well um, you know the selection process is very tedious uh, they do they do choose uh, people who who can identify uh, bombs or IEDs and, or components of a bomb um, I know that when I tested I, I was in the top 5% so I was hired right away. I was whisked off to, uh, to training for two weeks and came back and had on the job training. Uh, if you fail a test, for instance, you know, there are always, there's always a talk in the news, Dr. Carroll, about, uh, these federal tests uh, where they, um, these uh, t- testers come through with, with parts of a bomb or a bomb and, and people are failing. Yeah. Well, it, you know, if they fail, they go to remedial training right away and they are not allowed on that x-ray machine. And I read a report that they're getting more and more hours of training per week uh, for that, for detection of, of IEDs. So, you know, so, but, but ha- they're always trying you, to improve. <laughs> before you take the test, like, I mean, do you take, Classes, or how are you supposed to learn? Yes, yes. There's an ongoing. There's always ongoing testing. I'll tell you that they are constantly testing. Uh, you know these TSA screeners, and they're always up. But I mean, the before you get the job, how do uh-huh. you? How are you supposed to learn this material before, in order to take the test? Right. Well, they whisk you off to two weeks of training, and it's computer and hands-on, uh-huh. and it's just a, a, a team of. Um, federal um, instructors, and they also take you out to the airport, and they do a simulator, you know, type of thing within within the classroom, not with the public. And then you, you come back to the airport, and then you're, then you're, then you're shadowed by uh, a screener who's a, either a lead screener or, you know, superior screener, that type of thing, who's been there a long time. And, and you, you go through hours and hours and hours of training, and then you go through your final examinations, and, and then you're released on your own. <laughs> but, mm. um, you know, certainly the, the system could be, could be improved, and I think your listeners, if they want to improve the system, that they, I encourage them to write in and to offer suggestions. And to write to who? Um, you can write to TSA, you can write to the Homeland Security, you can write to your congressman, uh, just to anybody who they feel is appropriate that will listen. Uh, you know, because the thing of it is, back in 2004, uh, the Chechenian women were wearing those suicide vests, Dr. Carroll, and what ended up happening is that there was a security procedure that was implemented that was later changed, which was the upper torso pat down around the bra area, which was very invasive for women, as you had to place, you know, the back of your hand around the bra area, and, and people say I was being felt up and this and that. But um, and but that all changed because there was a lawyer who 
who spoke out and said this is not right. You know, I shouldn't. You know, the breast area, the bra area should not be felt. You know, should not be touched, whether it's the back of your hand or the front of your hand. So. The upper torso pat-downs went from checking around the bra just to checking the stomach and the back area. So, I mean, changes are implemented, and I know that TSA, they do listen because um, that woman, she, you know, she was responsible for changing procedures. So I encourage people to speak up. Just don't speak up at the airport because uh, if you speak up at the airport, uh, Dr. Carroll, you're going to be delayed, especially with um, increased security measures and with these terrorist attacks. I mean, I can't tell you how many um, airports just in the last two weeks have been shut down because of bomb threats Mm -hmm. and that have been evacuated because TSA found some suspicious prohibited item that turned out to be a CD player or something of that nature. Uh, You know, it's... They're they're on their game and they're they're looking and I really don't want your listeners to miss their flight because there are people that are missing their flight. There are people that are being interviewed and and getting arrested because they're yelling they're yelling out their opinions um, and interfering with the screening process. And you know, really, you could be charged for something that you didn't even know that was a violation. There's um, on my on my website. There's a known file, uh, violations and fines report. It's completely complimentary. Uh, you can download that. It gives you a list. For instance, artful concealment of a of a liquid or aerosol or gel is two hundred dollars. So there was a gentleman who actually stuffed about fifteen packets of shampoo and cream rinse in his sock instead of putting it in this check mm. baggage, and he alarmed because it, the packets are made out of foil. Like a, you know, oh, those, yeah. little, those little travel when you go to yeah. Las Vegas and you have those little, yeah, those little handy wipes. Yeah, that's foil. And foil alarms the walk-through metal detector. So he went into secondary screening. They pulled 15 <laughs> to 20 packets out of his socks, or 10 to 15, and he was charged $200, but it's not just $200. It's per violation, so that's anything oh, over wow. three ounces. So... You know, I encourage I encourage people to to um, get the information that's available to them. Everybody, you know, to really change your perspective. Uh, you know, it's an invasive process, but if we can all change our perspective, I'm a really big fan of the secret. And I think that if what you put out is what you get back, yeah. well, just put it out there that you're gonna it's gonna be effort, effortless, and you're gonna be safe, and the and it's gonna go fast for you, and it will. Well, you know, talking about um, changes, one of the things my pet peeve is I think so much of this could be helped if the screening areas were different. I mean, usually yes. in most airports, the walls are gray or, or brown or some dark color. The floors are, are a dark color, um, yes. drab color. The lighting is dim. Um, you know, there's there's no. I mean, if if instead the walls, it wouldn't cost very much. If the walls were painted pastels, mm-hmm. if the floors were uh, a more conducive. I mean, I know you can't have pastel pink floors with everybody walking on it, <laughs> but you could certainly have something that's a little more conducive to. Um, uh, some kind of feeling of comfort. If the lighting was a little softer, if the if there was soft music playing in that area, um, you know, obviously that would be stopped when there were announcements, you know, or the announcements would be louder. But but you know, there's so much that could be done from a from a psychological design point of view yes. that for very little money, can, and that would make the TSA screeners happier. It would make the passengers less anxious. I mean, it really is. It's all about anxiety that then turns into anger as we were talking about, you know, fear, anxiety, 
um, that then gets expressed to to fellow passengers and to the TSA people. It, uh, going back to the training, um, mm-hmm. are you ch- what are you trained to look for in terms of of passengers? Like what what sets off mental alarms? You know, for for you, sure. or how do you pick which people um, get secondary screening aside from the people who set off the alarms by metal detectors? Sure. Uh, well, just to give you a statistic, believe it or not, 6,500 pounds of prohibited items, uh, just the liquid gels and creams, uh, for instance, at the Orlando airport, are still being confiscated to date. Hmm. So we're still bringing prohibited items. So that's really, in the training, they want you to look for weapons of mass destruction. Believe it or not, that was actually on, <laughs> that was actually on the uh, requirements on the TSA web- website back in 2004. You are required to look for weapons of mass destruction. If you find it, then you have to open up the bag and possibly lose your life, right? Huh. So, so that was interesting. But, um, yeah, the, the prohibited items is, is definitely uh, weapons and explosives and um, anything that could be a weapon like a baseball bat, uh, you know, just uh, coupons, anything of, you know, throwing stars. Uh, we've seen it all. But, um, you know, cer- certainly baggy pants, <laughs> baggy pants or baggy clothes. Okay, well, <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to take a little interruption in this list um, to take a break. My guest today is Natalia Ippolito. She is the author of "I Might as Well Be Naked: How to Survive Airport Screening with Your Clothes On." We're talking today about the secrets of an airport security screener. If you are thinking of going on a trip soon, um, this is the probably the most one of the most stressful if not the most stressful aspect of your trip of course also now with plane delays and all that that that's also stressful but um, but I think the security checkpoints are really the most the most stressful aspect of it so we're trying to help you out with some tips stay tuned you're listening to Dr. Carol's couch and I'm your psychiatrist host Dr. Carol Lieberman Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood Jet Set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with president of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. 
The Kerry Douglas Show, with the CEO of Worldwide Music Incorporated and the founder and publisher of Gospel Truth Magazine, Kerry Douglas. By tuning in weekly, you will gain insight, tips, and tools to help get your career started. From how to market yourself to distribution of your product, learn the power of faith-based marketing and much more on The Kerry Douglas Show. Join Kerry each week with guests from the gospel music industry, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors as they discuss faith-based news, events, and trends. The Kerry Douglas Show with Kerry Douglas broadcasts each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and is brought to you by Gospel Truth Magazine and Worldwide Music Incorporated on the Voice America channel. The Kerry Douglas Show with Kerry Douglas, your premier source for faith-based entertainment, news, events, and trends. Muscular Development presents Noble Radio, bringing you the latest news, gossip, and controversy from the world of bodybuilding. Uncensored, uncompromised, and unrestrained in true MD style. Hosted by the infamous muscle mob, Larry Pepe, John Romano, and Dave Palumbo. Welcome top IFBB professional bodybuilders, industry insiders, and characters you won't find anywhere else every week. Noble Radio broadcasts each Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. If you've ever wondered what the Stern Show would sound like if Howard was a bodybuilding fan, then tune in and find out. Noble Radio, uncensored, uncompromised, unrestrained. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is Natalia Ippolito. We are talking about the secrets of an airport security screener. You're hearing it right from the uh, screener's mouth. She's the author of a new book called I Might As Well Be Naked, How to Survive, and that would make screening a lot more fun, (laughs) How to Survive Airport Screening with Your Clothes On. And um, obviously, this is a book that everyone needs to have. To uh, if we if we all had some of these tips, um, we could make the process go a lot more smoothly, and for all of us. Um, and by um, as usual, before the end of the show, I'm going to give you a, a website address for um, where you can get her book and how you can reach her and find out some lots of free information on the website and all that. And I'm also going to tell you about something new on my website um, in regard to uh, audio and video relaxation um, tapes or CDs and DVDs uh, that used to be available only to airlines. Um, it's I call it uh, shrink on board. Um, I am the shrink that you're taking on board the airplane, although it doesn't have to just be on the airplane. It's whether you are planning to travel to the far corners of the world or simply the corners of your mind, a spa for the mind. So it is now available for uh, people like you. <laughs> you don't have to wait for your particular airline to put it on their channel. You can get it yourself and bring it on the plane on your iPod or your computer. So I'll tell you about that too. So we're basically here today to make your flying experience a much more uh, um, relaxing one for you <laughs> under the circumstances. Now, before the break, we were talking about what, what you look for. I'm really interested in because, uh, you know, it, it, it's so frustrating for the, you, and it's happened to me, 
to be the person that they pick on <laughs> to uh, to get secondary screening. You know, of course you, and that's another thing that causes stress. It's not just taking off your shoes and putting everything. You know, now your your shoes and your jacket and your all your stuff um, into. And, and I usually bring so much stuff; it takes at least three of those bins. You know. Um, and you have to get them through. And, of course, you know, you want your purse to be last. Uh, I'm sure that's one of the tips you give to people so that um, so that you it doesn't get there before you do when you go through the, uh, the metal detector. Um, but it is so frustrating to be picked out, singled out as the one that, that they're, that they're going to do secondary screening on. And it goes to uh, you're thinking of every... <laughs> Every little thing that you did wrong from your childhood on that made you feel guilty, and it's like, oh, they, now they know. The world knows. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it just brings up a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of guilt and anxiety and anger and all kinds of emotions. So wh- what are the secrets? How, how do they pick um, who's going to be the lucky one to get this secondary screening? Well, Dr. Carroll, there's um, there's there's two ways uh, that I there's two things that I want to talk about here. It's selected secondary screening, where you get the SSSS indicator on your ticket, and also what, what's, what's SSS indicator? Uh, it's a uh, that's the indicator to to let the um, to let the screener know that the passenger has been selected by the airline's computer for secondary screening. Huh. So yeah, so it's already little, on your ticket from the person at the ticket counter. Right, but it's it's computer generated, so it's not like the airlines is is you know looking at you and going, oh, I'm going to select you for secondary screening. It's it's more it's it's a tedious process and and, and it has to do with their the airlines computer program, but um, that's one way. Now the other way is when you walk through the metal detector, if you get if you uh, alarm, you can go you get you have the right to go through a second time, but certainly a screener could say. Ah, one time, I'm going to select you for secondary screening because I need I need to randomly select somebody uh, for for additional screening um, because they t- really try to up their numbers and trying to get as many people in in uh, secondary screening that they can possibly because they're always looking for that prohibited item they're always looking for explosives and that type of thing so the more people that they can get in and screen uh, the more safe we'll all be. Well, wait, wait, wait. Do they get some kind of um, um extra compensation if no, they find... No, absolutely not. No, 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 no. No, it's just they want to to make sure that they not not so much up their numbers, but they as far as far as a security measure, they want to be able to select as many passengers as possible because that their objective is to look for weapons of mass destruction. So it's a numbers thing. So the more people that you can get into secondary screening and just do a hand wand or a bag check or something of that nature, uh, you know, the more chance you're going to find a prohibited item, a gun, a weapon, you know, that type of thing. Okay, and you can feel more job satisfaction. <laughs> sure. No, I'm serious. Sure. Is that what? Okay, but but, but there has to be. Um, you know, it's not really random. I mean, they're not counting. Let's say one through nine. No, no. Uh, no. So it has to be consciously or unconsciously based on certain characteristics of the passenger, whether it's the way the passenger looks or the way the passenger acts. You know, whether they're arrogant or whether they um, right. don't make eye contact or what is it. Sure, most definitely. Well, you know, the screeners, they're only, they're only implementing procedures that are handed down by the federal government. So their hands are tied. Um, basically, they're being told what to do, and then they're executing that. 
Now, with the with the secondary screening, if if the, if it's possible that your clothing, you know, for instance, the teenagers that wear their their baggy pants down to their ankles, well, that would increase the chance of secondary screening. Why? Because it's possible that they have strapped to their leg a weapon or um, explosives or something of that nature. So it's more it's more the clothing. If you have loose clothing, that increases your chances. Certainly, if you have a skirt or a dress on, uh, you know, that would certainly increase your chances. And actually, also. If you're agitated or if you're a belligerent, um, certainly you are now considered a security threat, and they will pull you aside, and that's why I say don't be verbal and, and don't get angry and, and don't lash out at the screeners because that will guarantee, pretty much I, I would say guarantee you a secondary screening because they're, they're, um, they're trained to, uh, to look at uh, certain situations which are aggravated situations and um, if you're being, you know, if you're involved in an aggravated situation by lashing out, well, then certainly they're going to wonder. Well, there's something that there's, this person is hiding something, or they're trying to conceal something, and they're trying to make a big deal or a scene to, uh, to you know, thinking that the screener is just going to push them aside and say, okay, well, you go ahead and go. No, it's just the opposite. They're going to be attracted to you, and they're going to select you. So. Certainly, if you feel that you are in secondary screening way too too often, there is there's a service that you can file an inquiry. It's called the TRIP program. The TRIP program is an acronym for Travelers Redress Inquiry Program. You can actually go on TSA's website, file the inquiry, and they will do a um, name search to actually see if your name is close to a criminal, a known terrorist, or even on the no-fly list, <clears throat> excuse me, or um, a selectee list. You know, you hear in the media, Dr. Carroll, about these professors that <laughs> that are talking out against against um, George Bush and the government, and boom, they're on the selectee list. Mm. So you really have to be careful what you say out in public and and and, and towards the administration because really? certainly don't. Yeah, there was a report. It was um, a professor. I'm not exactly sure where, but he was a professor, and he ended up on on a no fly list actually because he was talking out against George Bush and administration. So, you know, these just play it smart. Huh. Boy, <laughs> you know, you, oh boy. <laughs> so you that, really that's what it's really all about because um, you know, there's there's lots of people in secondary screening and there you know, there's some that are angry and then there's some that understand. I know that when I was screening in Hawaii, I know that a lot of the people from New York who were traveling on the islands uh were very appreciative of of the screeners. And that's because they were there at 9/11. Uh-huh. And, you know, they, yeah, they, they were, they were touched. We were all touched, but they were, they were, right. the, they were the ones that were actually physically there. So, yeah, it's just you, you just have to take the right steps and 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 have a different mentality because TSA is not going away, and this problem is only going to get worse before it gets better, if it ever does get better. Right. And well, well let's talk about profiling though, and, and BDOs. Um, Tell us what that stands for, and whether and and how many there are, or, or um, you know, what what does what do you learn when you become um, a TSA uh, officer in terms of profiling? Well, you know they don't they don't use the word profiling um, because we're a melting pot. Uh, you know, there's there's people here that are living here under you know under our nation's roof here. Who are from the Middle East that are not terrorists? That um, that's why I say the screener's hands are tied. 
They don't profile because, uh, you know, they won't pull a Middle Eastern person out of line because they're Middle Eastern. Now, will will that happen in the future? You know, it's possible. Uh, I know that the BDOs, which is the Behavior Detection Officers, they are sprinkled around the nation's airports. They will not tell you where they are. Hmm. Uh, they will not tell you what they're looking for. But I know that from reports that they are reading people's um, non uh, nonverbal cues, body language, micro-expressions, and this actually was launched back in 2003. So uh, they're there at checkpoint and check baggage in the gate area, and so you never know where you're going to find them. Well, that's comforting. I mean, it's about time that they start started doing what LL has been doing for many years. That's very where we successfully. Got it from. Yes, that's exactly where we got it from. Uh, unfortunately, the, uh, the time is flying. We're talking about flying today. <laughs> Stress-free fr- flying, yes. <laughs> Stress-free flying, there we go. Um, with my guest, Natalia Ippolito. And unfortunately, where the time is flying by and we need to take another break. So uh, stay tuned. She's the author of I Might As Well Be Naked, How to Survive Airport Screening with Your Clothes On. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. In the ever-changing world of real estate, Mark Heller and Brian Church bring to Internet Talk Radio all the latest information, trends, and changes in the real estate market. And these guys pull no punches. That's Real Estate Talk with Mark Heller and Brian Church every Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America channel. Whether by choice or by circumstance, the statistics of the effects of missing fathers and the impact on our children, our neighborhoods, and our communities is staggering. How can we interrupt this pattern of violence, gang activity, drug use, and sexual activity among our fatherless children? On Changing a Generation, with author, inspirational speaker, life coach, and host, Terrence Wilson, the focus is on elevating the mindset of this current generation by unveiling viewpoints that inspire people to reach for their dreams. Terrence and his guests reveal how building family relationships, becoming an entrepreneur, and living a Christian life develops future leaders in the next generation of children. Changing a Generation with Terrence Wilson broadcast each Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. Changing a Generation, bringing a message of deliverance to the fatherless on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy 
easy-to-understand tools and tips. With his weekly guest, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about the secrets of an airport security screener, and that screener is Natalia Ippolito. And I'm going to be telling you how to get her book, which is, should be on uh, your uh, must-read list before you travel. So, Natalia, now, you, um, your experience as a TSA officer um, made you realize that you made you want to be an advocate for the traveler um, to help that person get through the process um, a lot more stress-free. <laughs> There's a lot less stress, let's put it that way. And so why don't you, I mean, it's impossible to give, you have, what, 369 tips? Um, It's impossible, obviously, to give them all on the the, uh, air, but but why don't you give us some examples of some of the things that you think are important? Sure, absolutely. Uh, When you're traveling, you want to be sure to use TSA locks for your checked baggage, and also, when I was screening uh, in checked baggage, what would what would pop up as false alarms would be shoes and toiletry items. So you want to pack anything heavy, for instance, boots, shoes, toiletry items, all on top. Your unmentionables, you want to put those in plastic bags because you want to avoid contaminations from the screener's gloves. Because I know we didn't talk about this, Dr. Carroll, but actually those screeners do not have to change their gloves unless they're soiled, dirty, uh, or ripped. Yuck. So you want to avoid germs and contamination, so put all your unmentionables in plastic bags. I would really highly recommend that. And put your unmentionables and anything you don't want them to rifle through on the bottom and that's why I say put your heavy items on top. Your TSA lock, you want to be sure that you go to your local drugstore, buy your TSA locks. They're only 9 to $15. And certainly that's going to cause, uh, that's going to that's gonna give you a relief because you, there, there are some airports that will not break your lock. For instance, I know one that I, uh, I was working with. It's Aloha Airlines on Kauai, Hawaii. They'll call you back from the gate. And now if you're selected for secondary screening, you have to go through that whole security process all over again. So just to avoid the hassle, use TSA-approved locks. Also, if you can pronounce your boarding pass at home, please do so. Um, utilize the porters. Porters are Wait, there not why? Only. Why should we? Oh, because of the lines. You can. What you can do is you can print out your boarding pass if it allows you to print out. Sometimes they, they won't allow you to print out your boarding pass, and they say you must check in at the check-in counter. But if you can, if you can um, print your boarding pass out and then utilize uh, curbside check-in, those porters are not only there to help you, but they're also there as um, escorts for people who are traveling with disabilities. And there's 119 tips in the book just dealing with that. But, um, you know, so utilize those porters and, you know, don't forget to tip them because they actually have to rent those carts, um, mm. believe it or not. Mm. They're not they're not free for them. But also, when you're traveling, especially uh, through the summer and holiday, you uh, a lot of people are still carrying uh, cameras and film and underwater cameras. 
it's, there's going to be a warning label saying you can you can actually uh, have it X-rayed or not have it X-rayed, Dr. Carroll. Um, film a, up to a warning inches, label where uh, on the camera itself, like underwater cameras. It'll it'll give you a warning label. You can have it'll say do not X-ray. So ask for a hand check. Um, certainly, digital cameras can go through the X-ray with no problem. But listeners who are carrying film up to 800 speed. Uh, is fine to go through the x-ray machine at checkpoint, not check baggage. Keep your film out of your check baggage and keep all of any valuable or, or perishable and also um, any important documents, keep all of that out of your check baggage. Electronics, keep that out of your check baggage. Put all of that in your carry-on. But you certainly want to be sure that when you do have carry-on, only have two items. Try not to overpack it because what's also going to delay you is going to be the x-ray operator is going to say, bag check. When they say bag check, guess what? You're delayed because now they're going to search through your bag looking for a prohibited item that they think they saw on the x-ray machine. You may have one. You may not have one. And if you do have one, let's say you have scissors. You can actually take scissors, the blade if it's four inches or less. If you have um, scissors that are over um, four inches, and, and uh, you ha- you're at an airport that actually have these, these beautiful kiosk machines called MailSafe Express. You could actually mail that prohibited, prohibited item back by swiping your credit card and uh, punching in your address information. Okay, which, but wait. Which is you great. have to, okay, but let's say you just find that you go through the, you start to go through the security checkpoint. Mm-hmm. They tell you that whatever you have, there are some things in there that they, they're going to confiscate. Like a lighter. Let's say a lighter. Because okay. a lighter is a prohibited item. Okay. A lot of people forget that, um, that they cannot travel with a lighter. A lighter is prohibited not only in your check baggage, but in your carry on. Now, matches. Matches. Okay, but so wait. So do you have to go out of line no. to get to the Mail Safe Express? How do you do that? Mm-hmm. No, the Mail Safe Express is right there at checkpoint. A TSO, a transportation security officer, will escort you over. They will place a prohibited item in the kiosk. You swipe your credit card through for eight ninety five plus postage. You punch in your information, and it's mailed back to you. Now it's only at six uh, six or seven airports, but I think it's growing pretty rapid. Uh, it's a, it's a great service that they're offering. So um, I know Portland, uh, William P. Hobby, George Bush, O'Hare, Chicago O'Hare, Dulles, Palm Beach, and Tampa. Those uh, they do have the uh, the the kiosk. Yes, so. that's a great um, that's great because mm-hmm. it really is sad to have to lose you know leave some things behind. What do they do with all the things that they confiscate? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Certainly. Well, I actually called TSA in regards to the liquids, gels, and creams. They say that it's confiscated and it's destroyed. Now, this is, this is the official from them. Now, you know, when I was working at TSA, and I, I actually uh, posed that question to, to my fellow coworkers saying, well, what happens to all these prohibited items, all of, you know, all of the knives and all of this? And they said, well, on Kauai, what they do is they ship it to Honolulu to a processing center, and then it gets destroyed. Now, if you leave something behind, like cell phones, sunglasses, small jewelry, which you actually should be putting in your carry-on before you go through the walk-through metal detector so you don't leave these items behind, uh, you're going to be paged. You notice uh, when you're at the airport, you're always hearing an overhead page saying... But that's you know, if they know who it is. I mean, if you... Not necessarily. Well, how, how would they page you if, let's say it's sunglasses, how would they know who to page? 
Right. They just say a person who has lost sunglasses uh-huh. and then they have to come back and they have to identify the sunglasses, that type of thing. So they have to know what their sunglasses look uh-huh. like or, or what kind of phone they have. Um, but they're constantly being paged. So uh, if if you don't pick up your, your items, then those items go to lost and found. And then, of course, you can contact the, the airlines. Uh, we're going to have to stop. Um, you know, I always thought, I mean, obviously not knives or weapons, but I think things like shampoo and all that should go to homeless shelters. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Hi. Well, I did fly by. want to tell everyone to go to your website, which is airportbook.com, airportbook.com, and um, go to my website to check out the relaxation uh, DVD, video DVD, and audio CD, uh, so that you can take that with you either on the plane or on the ground whenever you feel you <laughs> need to de-stress and have a spa for your mind. So between the two, you should be all set. Happy travels, and thank you to my guest, uh, Natalia Ippolito. Again, her book is I Might As Well Be Naked. How can you forget this title? I Might As Well Be Naked, How to Survive Airport Screening with Your Clothes On. And again, her uh, website is airportbook.com. My website, you should know from uh, clicking on voiceamerica.com, and that's drcarol.com, D-R-C-A-R-O-L-E. Dot com. So, thank you very much for joining us, and uh, happy travels. Thank you, Dr. Carol. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 